Well, I wanna welcome all of you this weekend. It's a special weekend for us. I wanna welcome those watching online, maybe someone watching in a video venue at our Keller campus. Also, our McKinney campus is streaming with us and joining with us on this special weekend and our Hazlitt campus. Would you put your hands together? Welcome everybody that's joining in with us. We're so glad that you're joining us. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn to the New Testament, to the Gospels, to the heart of the message of Jesus in John chapter 20, if you'll turn to John chapter 20. Well, it's special. We have students at our McKinney campus. A lot of our Hazlitt campus students have mixed in, but I want you to know where I'm standing, the atmosphere is different because we see the next generation <clears throat> worshiping their God. And I want you to know that there's not a parent or a grandparent or anyone who doesn't have the heart of God today that doesn't have a burden for the next generation to carry on the things that God is doing in our lives today. And so I just want to say how proud I am of you as a church to love them. <clears throat> Can we give God a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you for being a church that embraces the next generation. It's very easy for a church to just come together and do what they like and have their moments with God and then look up one day and realize that we didn't pass our values on to those coming behind us, but you are a church that's being intentional about that. I think every single one of our you team that loves them, I thank all of you that have hosted them this weekend. Um, I heard about so many of you, we had over 50 something host homes that joined in with us, Russell and Nicole Tam. I think they're new to our church. Who stayed at their house? They had 25 girls at their house. Somebody pray for them. They had, they had bathroom issues. They had a backup. They had to have a toilet overflow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But it's people like that that are heroes that open up their homes and love them and serve them and cook for them, make beds, make a way for them. And we are just continuing in the original vision that God gave us. God gave us a vision almost 20 years ago of reaching people and building lives and being a church where we come together not as just a group of people listening to one guy talk, but we're living life together, walking out our faith together, impacting our world together, making a difference together. It's the desire of the human heart and it's the intention of Jesus that you would actually begin to participate in his vision. Last weekend, I shared with you a lot of the practicals and all the things we can celebrate that God's done through us as you were the hands and feet of Jesus, taking care of 25,000 people during the ice storm to serving people, to serving single moms, like we're gonna have an opportunity to do coming up at our joy event. But I thought about a continuation this weekend in that it could be easy for you to look at what God is doing and say, isn't that nice that that church has such a great mission or even my church has such a great mission? And I began to think about it this week. It's not that we have a great mission. It's that Jesus' mission has a church. That every church, that every follower of Jesus should come to a place where they understand that what's lacking in their own soul many times is that we're 
looking for our unique purpose. We're looking for our unique, fulfilled life. And what happens is you get a lot of the goals that you want to hit. You light up a scoreboard. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's with the accolades or your career benchmarks, only to find that it's empty. And you begin to ask, is there something else? Is there something more? The most challenging thing is to light up a scoreboard only to realize you were not playing the right game. You weren't focused on what Jesus said is a priority, not that you have to dismiss what it is you do or your place in life or what he's called you to. I'll get to that in a minute, but it's very important that we understand that we are created by God and we're created for him. And that we find our greatest fulfillment when we connect what it is we do every day and as we go about our everyday life to not just what we desire, but what he desires. What, what's his mission for us? And so I wanna talk about this weekend, on this special weekend and our miracle offering weekend, I wanna talk about what it's all about. And I wanna talk about how you can personalize God's vision that he has in the earth. Because make no mistake, he does not sleep, he does not slumber, he is actively at work in our present world today. And he has called on us in his vision and mission. I know how it can feel. You, you see all the hype, you see the excitement, you see all these people who seem really into something that you're trying to catch up to their excitement. I'm living that right now because my oldest daughter, is about to be married, it's getting real, it's like two weeks away. So, so we've conquered some of the things in the vision. We've got a venue, we got a cake. I don't know what they put in it, but it's expensive. <laughs> we've got a dress, we had to go get the dress steamed, you know, like I don't know, we had to go get a special steaming for the dress. I don't know who does that, but I'd like to invest in their company. <laughs> Got a venue, we've got a dress, we've got a lot of different things, and now it's coming to the reality at my house. Remember, I have three daughters, and so they've been into this vision a long time. <laughs> they've been just, just marinating in it, watching Hallmark shows about it. And I'm, you know, I'm into it, and I'm gonna have an emotional moment. It's my first daughter and all that, I get it, but I'm not into it in a practical way like they're into it. So they're trying to tell me about what they're gonna wear. They're like, Dad, you need to get you a suit. I said, I'm a preacher, I got a lot of suits. Well, you need a new suit. I said, I'm not, I don't think I need to. I got a black one, marry them and bury them in it all the time. It'll work. They begin to tell me about when to get to the wedding. I said, well, what time does it start? They said, six o'clock. I said, I'll roll up about 5.30. So what time are y'all getting there? They said, we're getting there at one. <laughs> one? What are y'all gonna do from like one to six? They're in the vision, man. I'm gonna tell you, it's a big deal. And so then they said to me, they said, are you getting a tan? I said, well, it's like two weeks away and it's kind of cold outside. I said, you can get a spray tan. I said, I'm not doing it. Big people don't need to get in those things. You'll, look, you'll come out looking like a zebra with all the folds I have. Mm -hmm. I 
into it. I think a lot of people, did you know what the average person looks at people that are really into Jesus's mission and go, I don't get it. It's because a lot of times we don't know what Jesus said about us. Jesus in John 20, he lays out right here at the very beginning, he's resurrected from the dead. He has done what he said he would do. He went to the cross to pay for our sins. He went into the grave and he came out. He's different than any other religion, any other faith, any other belief system. He's an alive Jesus who did what he said he would do. And if I happen to be Mary on the day that he comes back from the dead, I put myself there. I'm thinking, what would I ask him? What would he say? You know, and then he tells Mary, get the disciples together, and he shows up in the room where they're at. Now, some people say he walked through the wall. I don't know that it really says that, but I'm okay with it. He's in his glorified body. I'm sure he can walk through whatever he wants to, and he raised from the dead. I'm sure he has all power. So he shows up where they are. What does he do? Come in and say, I told you. I, I told you. Look, hey, boom, ding, we won. Victory, victory. We got it, guys. No, no, he actually says something very interesting. He says, peace to you. Things people really want, peace. We try to find it in many different places. You'll never have peace till you know Jesus in a real way. Peace with you. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, these are very first, first words post-resurrection. These are important words. These are in the heart of the gospel. These are red letters. So my question to you is if you say, I don't get it, do you know you're sent? Do you know you've been sent by Jesus? When you've received Jesus, he gives you this commission that you are sent I think about things we send, we mail things, we send things out. I remember the first email I ever sent was at the Baylor Computer Lab. I don't even remember how they told me that we could send an email. I'll never forget it. Some guy's like, hey, down at the lab, man, they got like an address, there's a computer there, and you can send these things called emails. I know I sound old, but I remember the first time I ever did it. So I went to the Baylor Computer Lab, the Baylor University that beat Oklahoma yesterday, but anyway, the, that Baylor, that, that one. Uh, and uh, I went there and it was like, wow, you know, and the screen comes up and it's like got this thing. And, you, and, and my first email was to my beautiful wife, Brandy. We had reconnected and the fires were starting to flame up. And I didn't want to wait to send her a note through the snail mail, so I thought, wow. So I typed it in, you know, I sent it. I'll never forget thinking, did it get to where it needs to go? It just went boom, bing, out there. Well, when something is sent, there's an intentional sending from the person who sends, and there's an intended result from that which is sent. So if we are sent, then we need to understand there's an intentional God who has sent us, and we might ask the question, well, what's he sending us to? And this is an anchor passage that is foundational to who we are as a church. We didn't get together with a consultant. We didn't 
try to give a flashy thing, reaching people, building lives, comes right out of Matthew 28. And this is again Jesus before he ascends into heaven. He makes it clear his intentional desire for all of us. He says this, Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Did he say I have some of the authority? Do it, did, he doesn't say, okay, there's certain jurisdictions, certain seasons in the life of who's in control of what, that I have certain amounts of authority. No, 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 no. He said, I have all authority. You know why so many people are frustrated today as they forget? We are not of this world. We live under a different kingdom. We live under a different rulership. King Jesus is in charge of all of this. One day, every knee will bow to his authority. He's in charge. His kingdom rules and reigns and is always present in the earth for those who want to join him in it. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And, and you're not just sent. You're not just like going anywhere. He says, as you're going, make disciples. Make disciples. Why do we have a weekend with 500 students and 50 homes and invest in those resources? Because we believe this. Simply talking does not hit the target that Jesus said to hit. That if you're like, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Appreciate you for identifying all that. <laughs> this is the end times. I'm telling you, it's worse than it's ever been. Young people don't want to work. Young people don't want to do nothing. Thank you for all that. But Jesus said, if we're that serious about the challenge, which I'm convinced there's a generation always waiting for someone to point them in the right direction. Jesus said that they don't just wake up one day and under, understand how to honor father and mother because the Bible says to you young people that that commandment comes with a blessing. That if you want it to go well with you according to the word, the Bible says you need to learn how to Honor the people in your life that God put there. Honor your father and mother. Learn what your gifts are. Learn your purpose in his mission. That's called making disciples because they don't make themselves. So when we focus, and we have for 20 years, not just on services, isn't it great to come to a good service where you feel God? I feel God's presence this weekend. I'm changed every time I come into it, but... We're not here just to experience an atmosphere that makes us feel better for at least three hours on the weekend. We're here to make. We're here to make disciples and train up those around us to live out their faith. And Jesus says here, into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always. I meet people all the time say, I wish I could feel God. I wish I could experience God. You can just get numb in this pain-filled world. You can get numb. You can be, oh man, I just wish I could sense God. I wish I could get some of the peace he's talking about. Can I give you just a little bit of encouragement? If you'll join him in what he's doing, he'll be right there. He'll be right there every time. If you'll say, where are you working, Jesus? Where are you working, Jesus? And you'll just show up right beside him. You'll feel him every time because he said, I'll be with you when you go and make. When you go and make, I'm gonna be there every time on that step you take. So I wanna talk to you about how you go from settled to sent. Because in our world, it's easy just to kind of get on cruise control and get settled. 
in your situation or in your routine or in your life or hitting your targets. But Jesus said he sent us, so how do we go from settled to sent? I thought about this analogy. There's at least two large vessels that float and move in the ocean. There's lots of vessels, but two I wanna bring out. One is a cruise ship. I looked it up this week that one of the largest, if not the largest, has like 5,400 people that get on this boat at some port to go out into the ocean. I'm convinced that probably a third of them were talked into it by someone or someone paid their way. Because I don't prefer to be cramped up on a boat with 5,400 people. Personally, I don't. Now, some of you are like, it's awesome. We cruise. Cool. I don't want to get the cruise ship virus either. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we'll get that norovirus. We'll all be, ah, anyway. A lot of people. But on that cruise ship, just so you know, there's 5,400 people, but there's a few people serving all 5,400. There's a few people making sure that the leisure and the respite that those 5,400 people get is to the best standards. So as the ship moves along, there's a few people making sure that while these people are settled in their lounge chair, their swimming pool, their towel moment out on the deck in the sun, there's a few people taking care of all those people as they float along. There's another type of vessel though. We have a man in our church, his name is Ed Allen. He watches online, he may be watching this service. He texts me from time to time, he's a rear admiral in the US Navy. He commanded the USS Coral Sea. 4,100 people on this aircraft carrier. It's a floating city. It's a floating city that is not just floating with the people on it to be at leisure because all of them enlisted in the United States military with a purpose and an intentional understanding of why they're there. And whatever their role or whatever their part is, is significant, especially when you're at war. Can I submit to you something I've learned in coaching pastors and churches and ministry leaders for the last 20 months? The sad thing is, is we spend a lot of time building cruise ships and wonder why we can't handle the war. We wonder why we can't handle it during battle season. It's because a lot of people are in the lounge chair and a few people are in the kitchen. Jesus said, I sent you. You're commissioned. You're a commissioned ambassador. You're a commissioned soldier of the initiative of the king. And I wanna talk to you. You say, Pastor, I would like to get there. I would like to get there, how do I do it? I know you're asking questions, but does that mean I need to quit my job and go into full-time ministry? No, no, we're not gonna win the world with preachers. There's not enough polyester to clothe them or Shonies to feed them, okay? We're not gonna, we're not gonna do it. That's, that's not the strategy. Here's number one, you have to have a moment in the presence of God. At some point, it has to go beyond, I go to church to check a box because that's the official religious activity that me and my family have done for years, and you encounter God. A personal, real, living God speaks to you, and when you come in his presence, he's still saying the same thing as when he walked out of that tomb. 
Peace be with you. The Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Every time, people say, well, God spoke to me. I'm like, what'd he say? Because when I read the Bible, if we bring the Bible as our reference, when Moses came into the presence of God and there was a bush that caught on fire that didn't burn up, and he said, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, he got sent to be a deliverer. When the apostle Paul was antithetical to the purposes of God, and when he met Jesus and he was struck down in that moment, he came to a realization of his purpose to open blind eyes and turn those from darkness to light. He got sent. <laughs> in Acts 26, 19, when he was standing there defending his faith before King Agrippa, he said, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. It's more than, I like that our church has vision. Do you have a heavenly vision? Do you have a heavenly call from God that comes from when you get in his presence? Number two, I wanna make it more practical. You understand that you have a unique part to play. I want you to know that. We all have a unique part. We have been given design and gifts and talents in God's kingdom. I like to say it this way, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. No one can fix all the problems, but if everybody does their part, then teams win championships. Churches move the ball down the field together when we all understand we've been given a unique part and a unique role. I asked a pastor who's a mentor to me. He's been doing it about 15 years longer than me. He's effective at what he does. His church is mobilized and they see a great impact where they're at. And one day in a casual setting, I looked over at him and I said, if you were to tell me the last message you probably need to preach, the thing you say is one of the lacking things in our world today, tell me what it is. He said, well, of course we always preach Jesus because there's people far from God that need to know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by Jesus. I said, but if you were encouraging people who have met Jesus, what would it be? He said, Jeff, I can't tell you how many people I meet and how many settings I go into and how many times I can say it and it still needs to be said that most people don't know that they've been given gifts by God and let, it's even more challenging that they don't know they've been given a gift and very few that even know live in a sent way that they use it every day for Jesus. I'll never forget that comment. It happened about five years ago, and, it, and I, it, I will never forget what he said. So today I wanna tell you, you've been given a part. Ephesians 4.16 says, the whole body comes together. It's joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and it builds itself up in love. There's more love to go around when it's not just growing by people coming to listen or spectate, but when it's joined together, when it's connected together, when the parts are fitted together, the body can move. And it supports one another and it grows and there's more love. But that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just one day you show up and I think a lot of people today think, well, we need more love in the world. And the way we get that is we talk about the people who are unloving and those people need to love more and we need to spread the message of love. No, 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 no. This Bible says that if we want more love in the world, we need to know our gift. We need to be sent by Jesus. We need to get connected to his body and when every part does its work. 
as each part does its work, more love, more love, more love. I wanna show you a little video. I was in a prayer meeting recently and I heard this lady, this young lady here, Amber, I, I heard her pray. And when I was listening to her pray, when I was listening to her testify, I was just, whoa, man, the powerful. That's it right there. She's my hero. You know, we all have heroes. I want to show you some of my heroes here for the next week. These are my heroes. These are people who are bringing fruitfulness, not frustration. These are people who have solutions, not just identifying problems. Amber was my hero right after she finished praying. And I thought, I want to tell her story. She, like you... She's not in the ministry, but she knows she's been given the ministry of reconciliation. She's a principal. She's a teacher. Teachers are beasts, by the way. They have to deal with all kinds of stuff, and they love kids, and they're serving, and they got all these other variables that you got to deal with today. She's a principal, so she's managing all kinds of stuff. Be nice to those principals. Let's, let's be nice to them. They, they're trying to serve, okay? They probably get a lot of emails. <laughs> Yeah. But she joined a small group like some people have, and you're like, well, I tried the small group thing. I tried the grow track thing. It just didn't work for me. I'm going back to my lounge chair. She had that experience too where she just, man, I just didn't flow, and I listened to her story, but she didn't stop there. She kept engaging with the mission, and she had her heart open to what God would do, and I want you to see the results of what happened when she re-engaged with the mission of Jesus. Watch this. Hi, my name is Amber, and I know Pastor Jeff is talking about being sent this weekend, and I wanted to share my story because what can happen is truly remarkable when we let God work in us, but then through us. I was an elementary school principal, and we had jumped back into small groups. You maybe aren't in small groups, or maybe you've disengaged from small groups. I understand that. There was a season that we disengaged too, and I really felt like God was telling me that it was time to lead a group. I did not know who was going to join my group, but he brought me six of my teachers at my school, and we started going through a study together. That group has now multiplied four different times. And overall, there are 17 teachers and staff members that have engaged in either a small group study, have started attending Milestone, are now going through the growth track, or on the serve team. We have this beautiful picture of all these people that have come together and supported each other and just helped each other take steps. Six people, three teachers and three of their kids have been baptized and decided that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. That's my hero. I'm not looking for people comment on the internet. I'm not looking to the, your favorite news show. I'm not looking to the government. I'm looking for Ambers. You want to get more fruitful and less frustrated? We need more Ambers. Because Jesus said that's the answer to fulfill the righteousness of the kingdom in the earth is principals and teachers and moms and dads and whatever station you have in life, picking up that kingdom cause and getting so on fire for it that you carry it out every single day. That's the answer. It's the answer. And I want all of you to have an opportunity to participate this weekend and this next few weeks because I believe this. God's not looking for highly talented people that know everything. I believe he's looking for the willing. So 
I wanna give you the opportunity in a couple of different ways. First of all, as we come into Christmas, we're gonna be serving more people this Christmas than we ever have. I want everybody just to take their phones out and just click on this QR code. You know, you've gotten good at it, clicking on those menus and stuff during the last several, so you got it, come on. And just pull it out, click that, even if you're planning on not doing it, which I know you are planning on doing it, but just click that and there's opportunities for you to serve and participate in when we come into Christmas we're gonna serve a lot of people, okay? And so it might be something you could just try to be a part of. You might just wanna connect and kind of feel it out. Here's another way that I believe we can just step in. I'm trying to make it practical for you. I'm trying to, how many of you know sometimes the hardest step is just the first step? I heard a story the other day about a couple in our church who he was having a surgery. And during this time, he was in surgery, his wife was dealing with all the things. How many of you know sometimes you're just dealing with the things? And Danielle had all this going on in her life. She goes into the McDonald's drive-thru and someone in front of her pays for her meal. And she got this note when she pulled up to the window, Jesus loves you, stay strong, John 316, milestonechurch.com. Now we, come on, I'm talking about simple ways. And I wanna give you an opportunity to do something in the next couple of weeks where you can go, I have all my calendar, all my focus, all the stuff I'm into, but I did that for Jesus. The other day, I had a great quiet time moment with God. By the way, when you get in the presence of God, he makes you more sensitive to things around you. Had a great moment with God, kind of just one of those days, you know, where you're just flowing and you're hearing from God and came home late at night and looked over the fence and my neighbor, Mary, she lost her husband. I had just met her husband a few weeks before that. He found out he had cancer and died in 25 days and now she's a widow. She's there, right there, dealing with something. She's moving a TV. I looked over the fence, I said, Mary, can I help you? Went around there, helped her with the TV. One of her friends showed up, they had something for her. The lady looks at me and goes, are you the pastor at Milestone? I'm like, yeah, I'm the bald guy there that just does that. And so I'm like, so I, we're moving the TV. I got that handled, but then I started talking to Mary. I said, look, I'm right here, Mary. The Bible says the purest form of our faith is when we serve widows and orphans, and you're in that category. And I want you to know, my wife took her some food. We're right there if you need something. She goes, good. I have this mechanical issue with that. I'm like, well, I, I can't do that. <laughs> but I know people. I know a lot of people that have tools. And we're gonna help you. I talk for a living. I'm gonna ask our ushers to come forward. We're gonna pass out $5 Starbucks cards with a little card, because I won't want you just to leave all excited. I want you to leave with something practical, kind of a reverse offering. Let's just pass these out. I'm gonna keep talking, but you just take one, if you would, not two or three. But we're not trying to have lunch on us or anything for you. Uh, but at all the campuses, we're gonna pass those, get those little cards, and here's what I know. If you'll ask God for an opportunity, you can have a moment just like Justin and Danielle, where did you know what they do now, Justin and Danielle? They help with guests at Milestone Church. Because when you freely received, you wanna freely give. 
And we don't know what might be waiting for you. And I'm gonna ask you just to pray as you start your day. Lord, show me someone. Show me someone who needs the love of God. Show me someone who might need a little bit of encouragement. And we're not just coming to church to have church. We're gonna be a church that's sent this week. And we have a little tool in your hand to help you with it. Let me finish the final thing. I'm talking about how do you tie to God's mission. And that is when you connect your resources to sending. Again, I know a lot of people, well, the world's getting worse. People don't want God. I'm just telling you, Pastor. I want, I want you to know when you say that, it sounds maybe good to kind of take us off the hook because it's so bad that there's no solution. The only problem is we're not connecting with Scripture when we say that. Because Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. There's only one thing. We need to send workers into the harvest. Send workers into the harvest. So I know for a lot of you, because I know I've worked with and counseled and done groups and small groups and coached people in this area. I know for many of us, you face Monday morning, you have a job that you go to. You have a responsibility. And those jobs vary. Well, we have different places that we post up. And I know, according to statistics, many people are unfulfilled with what they do every day. So you're like, Pastor, you're trying to get me fulfilled with my role in the kingdom. I'm not fulfilled in the role I have. Can I encourage you with something? I'm talking about kingdom purpose. I'm talking about kingdom vision. I'm talking about being sent. If you will see the job you have, maybe God, if you're faithful with that, maybe he might give you one that better suits what you desire, I don't know. But if you go to that job as according to the New Testament, whatever I do, I do it for the Lord. I work as unto the Lord. And when you see it as a kingdom role and you've been sent by God into it, it changes the dynamic of how you go every day. It changes how you face it every day. It changes how you see your problems. It changes how you see your circumstances. I was doing a counseling, if you will, a career counseling dinner. I've, I've really enjoyed this. I've been doing this since we started our college, Milestone College. Milestone College is a solution to the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We wanna raise up a generation of Christian leaders and pastors that can change the landscape of the world as we know it because as they go in and equip the saints for the work of ministry, the harvest begins to be reached. So I'll do a little dinner with juniors and sophomores and seniors in our area. I'm asking and looking. Some of them may be called to vocational ministry. It's the only degree we offer right now, and we will eventually offer others. But I'm not necessarily believing that everyone there, again, we're not going to win the world with preachers, so it's not that everyone there needs to do that. And in the last one, I really enjoyed the process of talking to them and some really amazing young people. I just love just encouraging them in their purpose and helping them understand their gifts and giving them hope for what God wants to do through them. There was a young lady sitting to my left. Her name is Ava. She's like number four or five in her class academically at one of the largest 6A schools in the area. And we started talking for a minute, and I said, just ask me anything, anything you guys want to ask. And so we sat there for a couple hours just talking about life. And Ava asked me, she said, Pastor, you make ministry sound so great, like you just, you're talking about ministry at Milestone College. Like, I, I want you to know, I, 
I, I don't wanna feel guilty because I have a dream for a company, for business, for making resources. I think it was a fashion thing or something. So I had this idea since I was a kid, I wanna go into business. Is that wrong? <laughs> Honey, look, just remember I loved you when you were nobody. No, we don't need more preachers. We need people who know how to use their skills to the glory of God, who raise up their employees, who love them, who serve them, who build the kingdom through what you do. Honey, go do it with all your might. Be great at it. Fuel the kingdom with the resources God gives you. Did you know what you do every day to handle God's stuff? If you would begin to see that you're handling his resources, you're handling his people who are his valuable resources. If you're a manager or a teacher or a principal, you're handling that every day and you have a chance to live for his dream. To live for his purpose because you've been sent. There's a gentleman in our services this weekend who one of our pastors told me about who's got an acquisition company. His kid, his daughter I believe, was changed at one of our youth weekends. He himself has realized, you know what, a bu bunch of things about his own faith. Let me tell you, God doesn't play fair. He'll, he'll get your kid touched by God, you know what I'm saying? And now he's been changed and yeah, you guys have influence in your homes. The kids can get you to do anything. Sometimes God will use that to get you where he wants you to be spiritually. And he's been changed in his acquisition company for the last, I don't know, year and a half, two years, nothing, nothing just fighting through. And he shared with one of our pastors this week that just in the last few weeks, he closed one of their largest deals as an acquisition company. And you're like, pastor, are you talking about giving to get? No, 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 no. I'm talking about being a conduit. You can believe that that's coincidence, but I choose to believe that the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add the things that he needs to add to fulfill his mission. And he's excited this weekend. I'm talking about God's resources. I know people in our church that could have retired at 50 but keep working because they believe God's resources can change sending workers into the harvest. I wanna congratulate you as a church this year, the most we've ever given away outside our doors for missional causes, for outreaches, for the purpose of the kingdom of God, $2.21 million we gave away this year. For the kingdom, for the kingdom. It's beyond my comprehension. I remember just believing we could give a million dollars away. God does exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think or imagine when you make his purpose your goal. I wanna encourage you with our miracle offering. I want us to have a moment together. This is a moment we've been planning for. If you're our guest, we, we do this every year and we've specifically been focused because we're taking a next step as a church and so many of you have already given. Our offering is gonna, it's gonna be amazing this year. You've already given because you guys are already tuned in and ready. It's gonna be amazing what God's gonna do. But I know a lot of you, I asked you over the last few weeks to pray with your spouse or to pray and I know it's a spiritual moment for you to come into this moment and say I wanna bring what part God has asked me toward furthering his kingdom. One of our initiatives is our new kids building that we broke ground on. We're gonna make some more space in our auditorium and this offering, all of those resources are going towards that big step we're at right now in our project and God's providing every step of the way. Thank you for your generosity. 
But I want us to remember we're not just creating a kid's building just to entertain children. We want to equip them. We want to disciple them. We want them to walk in their purpose. We want them to walk in their calling. I heard an incredible story from a mom. In fact, this week, Shelby, she wrote in an email and said, I have this son, Caden. He's 12. He's intuitive. He's seeking the right things. He wants things done right. He's driven. He's opinionated. I'm like, well, wait till he gets 14. <laughs> 50. She said, I'm a little bit intimidated by the role I have as a mom with him. But I was encouraged by the fact that one of our leaders in the back last weekend took Caden aside and called him into the mission and just repeated what Jesus said when he rose from the dead. And he said, Caden, you're sent. He served all weekend last weekend. He came home and told his mom, he said, tell them that I wanna keep doing that. Tell them that, let mom, make sure I can keep a place to serve. Make sure I can, Caden saying this to her. She sends this email to us. I, I, I found so much joy. I, I was able to use my gifts. I was able to grow in my faith. And I, I looked at that, I thought, Caden, that's where I'm putting my hope for the future. Caden, Caden being sent. And his mom said, I can't thank you enough. I rejoice, I praise God, because Caden got a hold of the mission of Jesus at 12 years old, and now he's seeing that that's the way to live. That's the way to live. That's the way to live life. And so we're going to take a moment. We're going to receive our miracle offering together. And I want you, we have envelopes there for you. We have ways, obviously, that you can give. There's, there's um, on our website, those of you watching online, those of you at all our campuses, this is a holy moment. And as we prepare for us to receive this offering, I want to pray for you. The first most important thing I want to pray for you is I like to always say, not that we just put something in the bucket, but we get in the bucket ourselves. That we are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. My life is not my own, Lord, here I am, send me. Isaiah, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he said, I want to be in the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, he saw him there. He said, here I am, Lord, send me. Use me. Lord, we thank you today that we find our greatest fulfillment and purpose in walking in that which you've called us to. I pray for every person who's working out their faith, even in their workplace or maybe even in their home, Lord. Lord, I ask you to touch what they do every day, to touch their work life, to touch their home life. Lord, we are so thankful for the opportunities we have to develop our children in their education and their sports and all the endeavors, but Lord, let them be sent too. Let them be sent by you, not by us, but by you. Lord, I ask you that, Lord, even as we give, and I know there's many that have prayed, that are giving, that are making a sacrificial gift, Lord, we we know it's a worshipful moment when we give. It's not just a part of the service, Lord, because it's an act of worship. And Lord, I'm asking you to meet every person at their point of love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.